You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Hello and welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. I'm Megan. And I'm Mickey. And thanks for joining us today. Things are back to normal. I am back. Thank you so much to Mickey for holding down the fort while I was (laughs) suffering through the plague. Oh, man. Yeah, anytime. Poor thing. That was a really long time to be sick. I can't imagine life that sick with a baby. Like, you are incredible. I'm glad you're feeling better. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank you. So if I have a little coughing fit on this podcast I'm sorry guys I, I really wanted to get back to you so just keeping it real and I'm still kind of struggling over here but but we're here and I'm back and I think that actually brings me right into my highs and lows if you want to just get started on those yeah yeah go for it awesome all right so my low was this freaking sickness um it was three weeks I'm on the fourth week right now. Luckily, I'm on the mend, but I just, you know, I was on the whole 30. I was doing a gallon of water a day, like the healthiest I could literally ever be. And my body decided to just completely turn on me. I have no idea why or where I even caught this. Um, But I ended up having pneumonia and a double ear infection. And so I was on um a steroid and two different kinds of antibiotics i have an inhaler and i just like completely took my freshly reset cleansed body and just pumped it full of all this crap now (laughs) so um it was definitely the lowest of lows um being that sick i had no voice and then when my voice came back i couldn't hear and it was just oh my gosh it was awful But the high was my husband really freaking stepped it up. He took an entire week off work to take care of Nora. Mm -hmm. And he he didn't just, like, take care of her. He also, like, kept the house picked up, which was amazing. I, I was, like, absolutely shocked. So now that I'm coming back to real life, I have, you know, quite a bit of catching up to do and, like, cleaning, cleaning to do. But as far as just, like, daily, like, household chores, he totally kept up on everything while taking care of Nora and just, like, totally running the ship for me. So I'm so thankful in that. Seriously, I think it was, like, a really good experience for him. He kept saying how, you know, he has, like, a lot of, of appreciation for what I do now and just, like, he realized how hard it was. And it was just like a really crappy situation for me that turned out to be like kind of a cool thing for him. So yeah, positive silver lining, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I feel like that appreciation only comes when they have to experience it for themselves. Yeah, I know. And then I'm like, trying not to be a brat, but I'm like, yeah. And then imagine like, doing this 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 this, this, like all on top of that but no you get it you got a glimpse (laughs) yeah it's still easier for him but yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it was awesome and then yeah of course now that I'm starting to feel a little better is is a huge high too so that's kind of all I've got (laughs) good yeah that's good um 
I let's see. My <laughs> I don't have a specific high or low. I this I mean I've checked in with you guys last week and my whole back thing. I'm feeling a lot better from that, but um being laid up for like a week and then a week of that was my husband's week off. We just like literally sat around and that in itself just was super depressing and then it's been rainy and so gray and cloudy here which I'm sure is some of it but I've just been in a personal like super big funk and I don't know what I'm gonna do to get out of it and I I know there will be sun on the other side but um Yeah, I just, I only have low, I was trying really hard to think of, like, a good high, and my kids have been sweet and stuff, but also not sweet, <laughs> like, motherhood, man, and tonight I'm just like, when are they gonna, like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling with being, a, like, not just living for bedtime kind of yeah. thing. I've had some really good nights to myself <laughs> lately, which is good. good, so working on the self-care part. For sure. Um, but yeah, nothing super exciting, really high or low. I've just kind of a ma meh around here. Yeah. I mean, we all go through that meh time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's good that you can kind of see that there's going to be highs on the other side. So just let yourself feel the meh. Yep. And, you know, that's all we can do is just feel through it. Yep. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned, like, the self-care, you know, because you've got to find time to do that kind of stuff, and it will help get you through the mess, and it yeah. it kind of segues into a little bit, like, what this episode is going to be about, love and self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, this is our Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important, like, everybody is making plans with their loved one and you know their significant other but we've got to kind of take that time to love ourselves a little bit too and if that means just letting yourself feel whatever feelings you're you have right now and accepting it then you know that's good that's good self-care that you can do self-love yeah yeah I um my husband's working now Mike's working this week and he's been sick too and so we've just been in the slump so tonight I was like okay I'm gonna have good dinner ready for him when he gets home I like I knew I was gonna be recording this podcast tonight so I stopped and I like bought him this new video game he's been talking about wanting and he just like doesn't buy that stuff for himself so like I was all excited and the kids were in bed already which he's bummed he doesn't get to see them but it's also really really peaceful here yeah I I was like I want him to just come home and be relaxed and he came home and and like he's like oh how are you and I'm just like fine I'm fine and he hugged me and he ended up being the one that like was comforting me and it's just nice to have like a partner that can see when you're struggling and know what to do and even if they don't know what to do and they're just there to listen it's pretty yeah, nice yeah. so yeah yeah very lucky in that aspect so Go. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Awesome. Well, we have a special treat for you guys on this episode. Um, Our guest this week is a powerhouse of a boss mom who continues to amaze us with everything she's doing. Besides mom, she carries three prestigious titles. She's a mental health counselor, certified Gottman therapist, 
a lead clinical supervisor and a program director for SAMHSA Native Connection, a suicide prevention grant. She is a fitness beast and always finds time for a workout. Mama to the cutest little cupcake, wife extraordinaire, and our dear friend. Please welcome to the show, Felicia Milano. Yay! Hi, Felicia. Hey, hey. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited about this episode. Oh, no, I am too. I've been looking forward to it all day, actually. <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't you, we gave you a little intro, but why don't you go ahead and tell your our listeners a little bit about yourself? Um. Oh, my goodness. So that question, <laughs> that's always, I was like, you get asked that. Sorry, that's my cat. <laughs> um, in interviews, and you're like, oh, where do I begin, right? Um, well, I'm I'm a counselor, and I'm 41, and I'm a seven-year-old mom of one, um, married for 10 years, and yeah, I've been in Whatcom County for the past, since 2005 or so, so I'm kind of a transplant. Nice. And will you tell everybody where you came from? All right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm originally from Yakima, and that's where my family are. Um, kind of grew up in a Mexican-American um, home. Lots and lots of cousins. I'm number 88. Oh, my gosh. My yeah, seriously. I'm the youngest of the first generation of cousins. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's ginormous. And people wonder why I only have one child. <laughs> like well <laughs> so yeah and then I mean I work for the Lummi tribe I've been there for 14 years and I've just kind of my role there was working with children and adolescents um, and I think as they grew I grew with them and so I started working with adults more and just fell in love with working with couples that's awesome. And so how long have you been working with couples now? So I've been working with couples for the past four years, and I just got my Gottman certificate just this last April, which was a long process. Um, I felt like I was in graduate school again. I had a videotape couples, which was super awkward for me, and surprisingly, they didn't really care. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so about four years or so. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, this is our Valentine's Day episode, so it just seemed really fitting that we have somebody come on and talk about some of the, you know, really common problems that busy moms, especially, are dealing with in their relationships. Um, but before we dive into that a little bit more and kind of pick your brain and your expertise, mm -hmm. um, we thought we would talk about what everybody's Valentine's Day plans are for this year. Do you have plans with Seth? I actually have had to ask him, like, what are our plans? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I have Fridays off. And so um, uh, we're going to, I'm actually starting Valentine's Day with my own counselor. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so bright and early, I'll have my own counseling appointment. And then we'll probably just have like a day date, which will probably be just like coffee and I don't know. We don't really, we're just kind of open and then we'll have like our family night together. So Fun. yeah, I mean, nothing really specific. Yeah. That sounds like a good, 
a good day. What about you, Mickey? Do you guys have plans? Um, we very specifically do not have plans. <laughs> so we're just like Valentine's Day is our dating anniversary. And so I think from that first date, we just have never like we always would like, oh, yeah, I like make these elaborate plans. And then we end up like just saying in and ordering pizza. So I have a feeling, especially now with kids, that's probably just what we'll do, which mm-hmm. is totally fine by me. Like, I am all for it. Totally. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to some candy, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real. That's 50% off the next day. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Megan? Well, I don't really think we have plans either. We just, like, Quentin, my husband's kind of been like, well, every year, Valentine's Day is really ridiculous to go out and do something. So we try to celebrate, like, the day before or the day after um and we've been really wanting to go see a movie and so I think either the day before or the day after we're gonna go to dinner and a movie just like a nice date without Nora and get out of the house we've been wanting to see the new bad boys movie and we just watched the first two on Netflix nice (laughs) yes they're so awesome so if that's still out that's probably what we're gonna do but I'm really excited to like do something for Nora on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, I'm more excited about that, which is like, oh, mom life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> I think our most memorable Valentine's since having kids, um, my mom babysat for us, and we, I, I don't even know what we did before, like dinner or something, but we stopped at Hagen on the way home, and we looked at all of these, like, uh, Valentine's Day cards. We just would read them and show them to each other. We're like, instead of buying them, Cute. let's just show each other. And then we bought this huge stuffed animal dog and brought it home to the kids. And we were, like, so excited <laughs> to come home to them. So I'm like, why even, like, pretend that that's not our life right now? <laughs> that's, so but, that's how it yeah. should be. Like, Valentine's Day has such a, I don't know, I just feel like people have such high expectations. And I remember just, like, always being like, oh, Valentine's Day, everything has to be perfect. And then always being, like, disappointed. You know, so it's just like the expectations are really high, and it's just yeah. I, yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> Set the expectations for how you know it really should be, and then you won't be disappointed. Exactly, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, let's dig in since we have. Oh, you- we're really excited. I'm like, I ha- we haven't talked to you in a professional sense yet. I'm really excited about it. Um, so our first I'll try to be professional. <laughs> I mean, just your knowledge. You can keep it chill with us. But, um, oh, no, I'm a total nerd. I'm probably going to get real nerdy on you all. Good. That's we okay. like it. Totally good. Um, so how would you say your career helps your marriage? And how do you think it makes it challenging? Hmm. I think that, so, okay, so full disclosure, um, my poor husband is married to a couples therapist, right? (laughs) So so in this journey, um, I'm really fortunate that he was willing to go to a couples workshop as a couple so that he kind of got a sense of what I was learning and doing. So it gave us kind of a common language. So like when we're in an argument and I say I'm flooded, he knows what I'm talking about. So I think that that kind of helps that I'm able to bring in kind of a common language for us to be able to talk about things. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Another way, I know this might sound kind of strange, but in the work that I do, sometimes I come home and I'm like, thank you for being you. Like some of the couples I'm working with are in so much crisis that it's like, wow. And here my biggest problem is that you're chronically late to things like, (laughs) like comparison, (laughs) like, you know, so that's good. I think one of the challenges of being a couples therapist would be that I think either my own expectations or what I feel like, like we're human, we're not perfect, right? I guess my biggest fear is someone saying like, but you're a counselor, your relationship must be perfect. It's like, no, we're not. We're, we totally make mistakes and um, definitely have moments that we're not proud of. And so I think getting that pressure, that's kind of a hard thing. And just not taking work home. That'd be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine it would have to be challenging to say, like, like if you're in a fight and you're feeling, you know, extremely flooded or overwhelmed and it's like, I know that I should be doing this. Like, how do you I mean, how do you even do that? I just I I mean, I do all the wrong things. Right. (laughs) There's just sometimes you're like in my mind, I'm going, this is what you shouldn't say. And then I have no filter. And it's like, (laughs) so then I have to use my other skills of repair where I'm like, okay, I was an ass. I was being selfish. (laughs) This is what I could have done different. (laughs) So just like, I mean, just like anybody else, you know, it's just probably harder though, because you know what to and to not do, but you do it anyway. (laughs) And I do. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> but it's the same thing with parenting, right? Like where like your kid does something and then you're like, what the hell were you thinking? And you're like, yeah, that probably wasn't the best approach. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So what would you say, in your opinion, are the top three most important pillars for a healthy relationship? Oh, man. Okay. So it's hard to to put it down to the first I would say it's the first three pillars because I think there's with the Gottman training, one thing and a lot of people can probably just Google the Gottman Institute. And the first thing they'll probably find is the sound relationship house. And that's basically the whole framework that we work with couples. And it's based off of 40 years of research on thousands and thousands of couples and like what makes relationships last until your old and grain falling apart and what makes them different than those that end up splitsville right mm-hmm. or long-term unhappy so what they found was the main pillars which no surprise here is trust commitment and friendship but they really do a good job of defining it so like mm-hmm. trust is beyond just oh um you're not going to hurt me but that you have my best interests at heart that I trust that even when I don't know what the hell you were thinking, <laughs> I trust that you weren't trying to intentionally hurt us or, or, or me. Mm-hmm. Having that trust there and then commitment. And commitment is beyond just, you know, not having infidelity or anything like that. Commitment is also when things get hard, we just work harder. Yeah. Right. And then friendship um, is kind of broken down into three different components. Um, Basically what they call is like love maps. And that's just like kind of knowing the map of your partner, like, oh, here's his childhood and oh, here's his geeky friends. And, you know, just 
this is this is what he doesn't like and these are the people he doesn't like and just you kind of get a map of who your mate is and that you feel like they know you too right Mm -hmm. just really feeling known and and knowing your partner and then the next level of friendship that I try to work on with couples is basically like kind of turning towards each other so choosing to turn towards even when it's hard, right? Like you just had a bad day and like, you could just see that like they're moping and something's wrong and you could be like, I'm too exhausted to even go there. Like you have a sliding door moment to either turn towards or be too busy, mm-hmm. right? And so in a friendship, you're gonna turn towards, you're gonna put your needs kind of aside for the moment. Um, that's kind of the gist of that. And then just having appreciation for each other, right? Just genuinely, like, thank you for picking up the ball. Like, I could, you make my life easier just for being part of it. Mm-hmm. When you have a solid friendship, you have better sex. It's hard to have sex with someone you don't like. <laughs> right? Not impossible. Not impossible, no. But <laughs> the odds are in your favor. <laughs> I mean, it just leads to just like it's the fire it's the glue it, it makes you like even when you're fighting like you're not my favorite right now but I still like you and I'm still gonna respect you right and if you don't have that trust commitment and friendship conflict is just destructive yeah I think you know the, those little things those go such a huge way like that appreciation or that like I'm tired but I'm gonna go ahead and just like touch your leg and let you know I'm here or just you know those little tiny things that all build up to meet all those points and let your partner know that you're there for them and you see them it just I feel like that makes such a huge difference yeah the little things are really a lot it's just like pennies in a jar that add up over Mm -hmm. time yeah absolutely I like all of those yeah um all right what advice would you give to a relationship that has young children (laughs) which is where kind of all of us are I don't know what defines young but I feel like we're all three in it (laughs) totally yeah um well definitely wouldn't be the advice that I had before children (laughs) 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 when I knew it all (laughs) Yeah, yeah right (laughs) the good old days of knowing everything um well I think one one major thing I think is just to kind of take the pressure off that a lot of the research shows that the first three years after baby there is a dip of I know I'm gonna get all nerdy but 67 (laughs) percent decrease in relationship satisfaction wow for the first three years after baby one and then it's compounded right with each child for the first three years. So it's hard. Like having a relationship and parenting is freaking hard, right? And we all know that for all kinds of different reasons, but kind of my theory around it is children, all this stuff that you think that you already kind of like, I dealt with that, you know, I'm a confident person. I've, you know, overcome a lot of things, you know, the past is the past. Children have a way of triggering the crap out of you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they bring all that unresolved stuff to the surface, right? Even down to, like, a good example would be, like, how are we going to punish our children? Like, you know, is spanking okay? Is, you know, 
is di- how are you going to discipline your children? Um, all of those conflicts that can really trigger trigger your mate, trigger yourself. And what I find, I guess one of my advice would be is when you find one or two of you where like the volume gets turned up and you're looking at each other like, why is that a big deal? Lean in and just be like, is there a story there? Something about that, turn the volume up. What is this, what is this about? Because usually it's not about the thing. It's about yeah. the thing that we yeah. don't talk about. I yeah. feel like it's never about the thing. It's it's always about the big thing. It's always about the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Um, let's see. So you, it's just crazy. In the intro that we gave for you, I listed a few of the things that you do and just you know, knowing you and seeing you, everything that you're doing in your career and your family and your relationship, it just seems like you've got it all together, girl. And it's, it's just amazing. I got me all fooled. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, sure, you know, there is that social media that can make everything look perfect. But really, I mean, just seeing everything you're doing, how do you find the balance in all of that? Um, I think keeping it keeping it real so yeah there is that rose-colored social media lens right we're usually just post the good stuff um but realistically finding balance balance is the goal but it's not sustainable and i think just recognizing that like you everything could be clicking like man you know i'm finding time me time i'm finding we time i'm finding you know, I'm, I'm making just leaps and bounds in my career. Yeah, that's going to last for about five minutes. And yeah, then yeah. <laughs> life is going to happen. Uh-huh. So I think finding the balance is going to take some flexibility. There's going to be times when your mate is going to be doing more of one thing and you're doing the le- doing more of the other. And I think just knowing that, you know, that game where like there's a balloon and like everyone, you just kind of naturally are like kind of touching it so it doesn't fall on the ground. Yeah. Right? But yeah. it's easier when there's another set of hands in the room. Right. Right? And so okay. that's the way I kind of think of it is like, I can't do it. I just have two hands. But with my mate, we have a better chance. And I got to involve him in that. Yeah. Some days I only have one hand available and the other one's tied behind my back. Yeah. <laughs> And then it will make those days when you have no hands even easier for, you know, your mate to want to pick up the slack and keep that balloon afloat. Exactly. Exactly. And then you can bring in other hands. You can bring in your own therapy, right? Like I mentioned kind of earlier, like I have my own counselor. Um, So you have a lot of different hands that you bring into your marriage that help with that balance. Um, And then like for me personally, the way I find that balance because my work is all about listening to other people. I mean, I literally sit down and listen for six hours a day and that's a lot, right? It's like me putting all of my stuff aside and it's all about the person in front of me. Um, when I get home, I don't want to listen anymore. (laughs) Yeah. My listeners are done, (laughs) but I don't get that option when, when a seven year old is like freaking out. Um, and my husband has needs too. So one thing that I find that helps me is having transitions, transitions from work to transition to home and then transition from home to 
back to work. And one way I do that is working out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, I get home. These are my 30 minutes. I get to have these 30 minutes. And when I shower, I'm literally washing off the day and now I'm home. Nice. And everybody kind of knows that that's, you know, what's going to happen. You get home, you have that time and it's something that you need to keep your family healthy, keep yourself healthy. To keep myself healthy. Yeah. Cause if I'm not, mm -mm. that's brilliant. Like super smart. I really like that transition yeah I like that too and I mean our kids need transition too we can't just be like okay all right let's go like I mean there's like oh plan and routine and Mm -hmm. we need that too yeah yeah oh gosh okay um do you have any tips on ways to make your marriage a priority when life gets busy Oh, boy, do I. (laughs) (laughs) We knew you would. (laughs) I almost feel like I want to send you guys, like, a link of things that kind of summarize a little bit of my points. But, like, this one one is the hardest sell I have for couples. Um, Because, truthfully, statistically, we have maybe two hours a week of uninterrupted time with our mate. And not all that's going to be peaches and cream. Right. But a way way to make it a priority. So what I propose to my couples, and they look at me like I have three eyes, (laughs) (laughs) is to dedicate six hours to your relationship a week. And they are like, yeah, when, how? Right. (laughs) And I'm not talking about six hours solid. Right. You have to get like major childcare for that. (laughs) (laughs) We can only dream. (laughs) So this is how I break it down. So two minutes, five days a week of your partying. And what I mean by partying is at the end or at at the part of the day where one of you goes to work or one of you is leaving for the day to drop off the kids, that there's a ritual behind that. And that takes two minutes. And that could be just like kind of a hug, a kiss, a plan for the day. But it's a connection that you make before you leave. And then when you come back together, you have a reunion on how you, or a ritual of how you like reconnect. So some people will do it with a six second kiss. So six seconds. <laughs> right, okay, you see your faces, you're like, wait, what? Five <laughs> second friendship, what's that movie? <laughs> like six seconds is a long time to kiss someone. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like really, one, two, three, four, five, Six. Hard to be mad at someone when you're kissing them for six seconds. <laughs> That's true. <yeah. laughs> so it automatically, no matter what crap happened while you two were apart for the day, mm-hmm. when you come back, you're starting it in a good way. Yeah. And then, this is the kicker. You spend 20 minutes talking to each other. Now, it doesn't have to be right from the get when you get home. Like you said, when I get home, I work out. That's my time. Yeah. But have... 20 minutes where you have what I call a stress reducing conversation. And that means I get to dump all the crap of the day on my mate. And I get to do that. And he's going to listen and he's not going to give any advice unless I ask for it. Yeah, Yeah, that's important. But then he also gets to do that. He gets his time to, and I'm not saying I'm doing it for 20 minutes. I'm just like, give me five minutes. 
He gives yeah. me his five minutes. And if at one point things get heated, we give we give kind of like a little bit of a break to kind of calm down, right? And then come back and finish that. But yeah. that way we just kind of dump all that stuff so that again, we're present and together. If you do that, that adds up. If you do that even five days out of the week, that adds up to an hour, 40 minutes. Wow. Wow. Boom. So the next, so another thing is five minutes a day, and this is up to you, get a journal and write for five minutes things that you appreciate about your mate. Hmm. Only only positives. um, And it, the idea is, is that we're kind of scanning for what our partner's doing right instead of what they're doing wrong. Because boy, could we focus on that. But that's not going to get us anywhere. So no. kind of training our brain to create this culture of appreciation. Now, you don't really have to share this with your mate, but it's certainly going to help soften things when conflict does arrive. Because yeah. you're creating a habit of five minutes a day, I'm praying for you, and 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 expressing appreciation for you. Yeah. That adds up to 35 minutes during the week. Wow. Dang. That's easy, right? Yeah. And then the last part of it is spent, well, hold on a second. I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, is um, five minutes a day of affection. And that could just be cuddling at the end of the day in bed. That's easy. And then you sum it all up with just a two hour date once a week. Nice. nice. That seems totally doable. All that adds up to six hours. Huh. Huh. Okay, that sounded really intimidating to begin with, which, I mean, and I'm lucky that finding the time really isn't as bad, but I'm, six hours of anything sounds so overwhelming, but breaking yeah. broken down like that, like, I think that's pretty doable. And chances are you're doing most of this, but when you're doing it, with an intention and a plan it's just there's diff you're making it a priority mm-hmm. i really like the um the journaling about the good things for five minutes a day because m- my husband and i we go to therapy together and i think it's amazing and i think honestly everybody even if you feel like you have a perfect relationship should do it because you can learn a lot about yourselves and your relationship but even just um i find that when I've changed my mindset, like it's so easy to look at the negative things like, oh, his laundry's on the floor. That means he doesn't care about me because he doesn't pick up his laundry. And oh my gosh, then you start spiraling. And literally when I just would start changing my mindset and trying to find like the little things that I appreciated about him, it was like a game changer for our relationship in general, just with those little tiny like affirmations and so I, I'm gonna try that journaling I, th- I think that's really I probably won't show it to him I don't want his head to get too big <laughs> I love that idea I think that's, yeah. that's such a I, all of those are great call-outs and we do well and even knowing like if he's committing to five minutes a day of even just thinking about you and journaling like that is like that just gives me all kinds of warm and fuzzies right yeah. like mm-hmm. wow you do that? <laughs> yeah, because we all just want to be like felt. We just want to feel like somebody thinks about us and cares about us. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so hard to make your spouse feel like a priority when you work or don't work outside of the home and have a kid. It's so hard because 
Like, I feel like I give 110% of myself to everything else. And so then at the end of the day, when it's time for, you know, my husband and his needs, I, I can't, I have not, I, half the time I can't even listen to him talk about his day, you know, which is so hard. Right. And like, there, there are backbones, like there are go-tos and they shouldn't be the, the leftovers. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be leftovers. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, the um, counselor that we go to is a Gottman therapist as well. And so I, a lot of these things she does, but some of the stuff that you're saying is really cool and different and outside of the box even from what I've been taught so far. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really, really like what you have to say. That's That six hours a week is probably a game changer, would you say? Absolutely it is. Yeah. I think once you get your mind away from it and that it's really broken down it's it's doable yeah awesome and so would you say that you pretty actively practice that that you're in the routine of that pretty well I think we need to sharpen up on that yeah (laughs) yeah but it was to call you out but I'm just you know one of my favorite things is um is what I call a state of the union and we did that when Eva was gosh, like during the first year, like the hardest. Um, And we made a commitment that on Sundays, or no, I think it was actually when she was old enough to sleep on her own. And like, we for sure know she was asleep, like she didn't wake up. I think she must have been about one years old then. Um, And we live in a kind of like Edward Scissorhand neighborhood. It's like pretty safe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so we would just like leave the house and walk the block. Yeah. And during that walk, we would check in with each other. Like what's working? What are, what are your concerns? You know, what are things that we need to kind of renegotiate? And then we would end the talk on, you know, what can, what do you need from me this week to make your week easier? Nice. Um, that's something I'd like to return to doing because I found that really helpful. It was one of those things where like, like if you had a complaint, but like who has time to do that when there's so a million things to do and like two hours at the end of the day to do them. Mm -hmm. Um, but to know that, Hey, that Sunday night we're going on that walk and I'll have, I'll have time to talk about it in a good way instead of right now when I'm heated. Yeah, that's a good idea. You can add that into the six hours somehow yeah. too, you know, just make that your <laughs> it you know, little dumping session, have a time that's separate just for that kind of talking. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. We have some more questions for you. And these are from some of our listeners that are in our Facebook group. And I think it's really awesome that people felt comfortable to, you know, put some of these questions out there. So if you have some good advice for these, I'll just go ahead and shoot them at you. Okay. So the first question is how to get that spark back with two young kids. We are struggling, both exhausted, but our relationship is struggling, wanting more than just getting away for dinner or something like that. More how to connect and make time for each other in the chaos. Oh, man. Okay, so I can give right off the bat, um, a tool that you can download and it's free. Um, if you just look up and Gottman, let me see, let me look on my phone. I'm sure I have it. Um, 
and we can add this in the show notes too. Do you just like look up Gottman card decks? It's free. And there's, it's really good because it gives an opportunity so that when you do sit down with your mate and like, okay, so oftentimes we get so lost in parenting that we look at each other like, and all we do is talk about our kids. Mm-hmm. We forget that like we're people and we have interests and fears and all of that. So it kind of like takes that awkwardness out and you just open up like one of these decks, it's called open-ended questions. And you just kind of go back and forth. Like this first one, how do you see your work changing in the future? Hmm. Um, How do you feel about our physical home? Is there any changes you want to make? Nothing to do with parenting here. Yeah, just kind of spark some connection. Yeah, sparking some connection. But when it comes to like putting the spark back, but like I said, remember, investing in the friendship is going to invest in your sex life. So it's kind of not um, kind of hitting it directly, but through all the other kind of creating an, an environment where that's going to be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to just straight up talk about sex, They've got a card deck for that. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally a card deck on sex questions to ask a man. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Many men say that they physically enjoy masturbation, but they feel there's something wrong with it. What do you think? Hmm. So just opening the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And then there's questions for women. Um, there's also salsa decks. So it's like literally like salsa, like a mild deck, a medium deck, and like a hot deck. Oh, dang. <laughs> so let's go to hot. Um, <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, think of some hot sexual fantasy and then phone your partner at work and describe it to them. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I love it. That's hot, but maybe some people, if like the spark hasn't been there, it's like, man, I don't know if I can just like dive deep into that yet. So you start with the mild and it's just like rent a comedy film and watch it together. Um, uh, Sit back at a movie in the back of the movie theater and make out like your like your teenagers. Six seconds. Yes. So there's right off the bat, there's something that you can do. Um, another thing that I would recommend is reading the book, Come As You Are. Have you heard of it? Uh-uh. Um, fantastic book. I think that men, women should be reading this book. It should be, well, I don't know about mandatory, but <laughs> maybe not in high school. <laughs> but it talks about what, what I really took home from reading it is learning that everybody has a break and an accelerator when it comes to their sex sex drive. Some people have really touchy breaks and other people can go from zero to 100 really quickly. And it's just kind of like getting to know what is the context that makes you put the brakes on? Hmm. Is it stress? Is it, um, I don't know, your time of the month? Or like, what are the situations that you're like, yeah, not gonna happen, bucko. But then also understanding what are your accelerators? Well, when you compliment me, when you empty the dishwasher. (laughs) 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 
and opening that conversation and understanding that female sexuality is very different than men and it's not fair to really compare it um and just understanding context like one of the examples like um a client gave me when we're talking about context at first she didn't quite understand it and like they came back the next session and they're like oh my gosh i totally get it i was um there's a big difference between like bending over and tying your kid's shoe and him smacking your ass uh like no thank you what the hell yeah but if that was in the bedroom context (laughs) (laughs) she got that from the book or yeah yeah Yeah. interesting so that's a really good book to read to kind of just get a sense of um just kind of normalizing and that you know intimacy and just your sex drive is going to change throughout your life and that's totally normal that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you and that needs to be fixed um another great book is called the normal bar and the normal bar is based off of 70,000 couple surveys on um, what makes a good sex life and what doesn't. Oh, Megan, you disappeared on us. Okay. Oh, there you are. <laughs> and it's just really cool. It just kind of looks at like all those that have a healthy sex life. What are they doing? And honestly, it's a lot of what the Gottmans are saying. Like they just really spend time with each other. They have fun together they laugh they they say i love you and mean it right um they they cuddle they they make sex a priority um they they know each other's turn-ons and turn-offs so kind of a lot of what we were already kind of talking about yeah so i'm hoping whoever asked that question i probably like way over answered it <laughs> but hopefully no that i gives don't it think sense. so and i mean i feel like you know sex is such a taboo topic for women to talk about a lot of the times but I think as moms a lot of times that's one of the last things that comes to our priority list you know and it doesn't always have to be that way and I think it's something that people should feel comfortable talking about and trying to find you know help where they can exactly and I can't emphasize enough that just because you don't have a sex drive doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you and, but there's other ways to be intimate and, and let your partner know that they are important, that they are sexy. And um, intimacy is also vulnerability and just being vulnerable with your mate. Yeah. And I think, you know, it can be challenging to feel comfortable being vulnerable after you have a baby, I think, in that capacity. And, you know, for a lot of times for males, they need to have that connection, but you need to have a different kind of connection. And so you just are both completely missing each other. You know, Mm -hmm. one of you needs one thing and the other person can't give it, but to get that, they would, you know, need the other thing. And so all these other little pointers that you're giving these tips about friendship and, you know, building your relationship from the ground and making it a solid foundation. Those are also important I think to be able to get to that perfect synergy that you guys both need well exactly and when you have that foundation of friendship then when sex is difficult it's not that I guess big of a blow because it's like I still like you like that's not that's the cherry on top right all right I think we can move on to the next question here 
Um, let's see. She says, how to stop feeling resentment that is sometimes warranted, sometimes irrational. Or how to stop feeling like we are always competing. Who does or provides more, who is right about a certain topic, etc. Basically, how to listen, truly listen, without thinking of a comeback or a rebuttal. It's not all the time, but it seems like many of our disagreements boil down to these issues. And I have to say, this is a big one for me as well. The who does more and always thinking of a rebuttal. Oh, man. Been there. Man. There's just so much there. I think that the person who asked this question, I think they, they're really just so wise. Like, they already see, like, kind of what they're wanting, right? Like, they want... Um, yeah, just that when we're heated and we know we're right. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Am I ever wrong? <laughs> right. It's like, it's so hard to, to then listen, right? It's like, do you want to be right or do you want to be understood? Right. Ooh. You know, or just sometimes I'll catch couples when they're in that kind of like gridlock of like how they both want to be right. Um, is just kind of slowing down and just listening to understand. It doesn't mean you got to agree with the person, but just to be able to just like, okay, tell me more to like, listen with curiosity. Right. And even to be able to, to lean into that and be like, okay, I can, I can see how you got to that point after listening to you. Doesn't mean I agree with you, but to find that common ground because chances are there's some sort of common ground between that disagreement that you're having. And if you can get to that, then you can get to compromise and, and whatnot. Man, that person had a lot of different things in that question. I think maybe this will help kind of guide her, him or her. One of the four predict, so as you we probably learned in, um, Megan, your couples therapist as a Gottman therapist. Mm -hmm. um, so does she talk about, he or she talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Yeah, she does. Yeah. So yeah. you're familiar with those, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the four horsemen of the apocalypse are basically the biggest predictors of um, a relationship's demise. And that's when there's a lot of contempt. Now contempt is a complaint, but it's directed towards the person like, God, you're such an idiot. You know, like how many times do I have to tell you? Like, do you just not own a watch? Are you always late on purpose? Like, that's just like really like making it personal, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so the art of that is finding a way to complain, but not making it about the person, but making it about the problem. So the resentment that's felt, chances are there's an unmet need there. And so if you're able to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, what is the need that I'm not getting? And then how do I communicate that? So this person mentioned just kind of an unfair balance of chores and childcare and how that's building up resentment. So then what is the need? The need is maybe recognition for all that you do. Mm-hmm. And then how can you help your partner shine in that way? That's a whole different conversation than you don't even appreciate half the crap I do. You don't even understand. Do you know our bank bank account? Do you know where we're at? Because I do it all. Then that's just that's just 
putting fuel on the fire and he's going to get defensive. So learning how to not get critical and then that when that happens, oftentimes then contempt happens and you start getting those resentments. And so the antidote to that is creating that culture of appreciation. Mm-hmm. What can they do to shine? What, how can they, how can you, um, how can they help you out? Right. Cause at the end of the day, I think our husbands just want, they, they want to know that they're doing a good job. Yeah. And if you're able to spell it out, they're more than willing usually to step up to the plate. Yeah. It feels almost like it's, un, it's it feels almost unfair because it's so, it feels like a trick almost <laughs> because that's one thing that, that I've really, we've really focused on in our relationship. And it's just like the results of that are, phenomenal because this this same question was honestly one of our biggest issues in our relationship and just with those small tweaks it has been just like life-changing huge yeah it's crazy and when you're able to own your part in it too like so hard so hard like I've been resentful lately and honestly there's no way you could have won with me lately yeah. yeah but on the that. other side, that feels so good to hear that. Like, you know, when somebody's pissed you off and they say, you know what? I've been a real jerk lately. I've been really grumpy and I've been taking it out on you. What? That feels so good <laughs> to hear that. Are you kidding? Yes. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just taking a bit. You know, I've had some couples like literally when they're not escalated, when they're not flooded, make a list make a list of all of the chores that have to be done. And then who does what? Oftentimes in those situations where there is an imbalance, it really takes that like objective visual for the other person to see like, holy shit, you do do more than half of it. You do all, most of it. Uh Here, let me take some of that off of your plate. Oh, girl, let me take notes on this. <laughs> be really nice in my situation. That's super smart. I really like that. And I literally am writing that down right now because I really like that. That's a good idea. I could send you a list. <laughs> uh-huh, thank you. But everybody's list is a little bit different, right? Yeah. And it just kind of, it's not become, it doesn't become this like, haha, look at what I do and you don't do anything. It's just like, literally like together, let's make the list and assign. Is it, is it mostly me? Is it mostly you? Or is it half and half? And you just go through it, right? Now in any of that time, if either of you get flooded, take that 20 minutes to take a break from each other, but come back, come back to it because it's important. Yeah. And even just like that you know, agreeing to take that time and coming back is a win because it's something that you guys have decided to do together and you are successful at. So even if it feels like the conversation's going poorly, you know. The art of a good timeout is huge. And I think that's been a like <laughs> disclosure. I mean, Seth and I, our first couple years was a disaster because we did not know how to give each other a break. Mm-hmm. It became this like catch me if you can. And I chase him and it just would explode. Like he would just get to the point where he needed, he would, he would, he was to the point where he would either say or do something that he would regret and he would take off. But I didn't know when he was coming back. I didn't know what the heck he was thinking. And so I'd blow up his phone. That's not healthy. 
that's not healthy for him, for me, for us. And it blew up. And so creating some parameters around how you take a break. And I always say 20 minutes because usually it takes 20 minutes to just kind of lower your heart rate, like literally below that 90 beats per minute. Because once your your heart rate's above 90 beats, your frontal lobe is offline and you're just on survival mode. There is nothing you can say that's going to be effective and there's nothing anyone's going to say to you that's going to stick. And so just taking that time to really de-escalate. And that doesn't mean taking a break for 20 minutes and thinking about, ooh, this is what I'm going to say. Oh, I can't <laughs> there. Oh, okay, that's a good point I'm going to make. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she knows us too well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's legit 20 minutes of getting your mind off of the argument itself, whether that's Facebook, cleaning, whatever it is for you. And then the, that honor and respect that you're going to come back together after that 20 minutes and finish the conversation if you're still not flooded. So look at your Fitbits, your heart monitors, make sure that everything yeah. is down before you come back. <laughs> Off topic, I got in a fight with somebody and um, it wasn't my husband, but I like felt my heart was tightening up so much and I looked at my Fitbit and my heart rate was at like 128 beats per minute and I was like... I cannot, I gotta go. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so. Well, even in parenting, right? When, like, your child is being the biggest little shit and you're, like, your heart rate is so high, like, you also need a timeout. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you need to start wearing one. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. Moms need timeouts, too. Yeah. All right. Um, another one of the questions we've kind of already touched on was how to keep that romance alive. So I think, you know, we've covered that one pretty well, unless you have anything else you wanted to add to that conversation. I think that kind of covered it. Okay. I think so too. Um, And then the last one is sometimes she finds herself feeling jealous of the relationship her husband has with her daughter. It feels like he's the fun dad and I'm the one that has to uphold boundaries and bedtimes and cleaning. What are tips on working through that? Mm. Man. Well, that kind of goes back to kind of creating that list, right? Mm-hmm. If it is, if it really is about kind of that unfairness and just being really objective about it. Um, the jealous, it's interesting that she use, she's using the word jealousy, which makes me feel like it has nothing to do with, well, I mean, part of it is like the different parenting styles. One person's clearly the disciplinarian, the other person's the buddy buddy. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of talking about on the table, what is their dream when it comes to parenting? And, you know, what is their history growing up? Mm-hmm. Right. So just like, you know, how, how was it? How was it for you? You know, who was was it? One person was a disciplinarian. And how did that feel? Um, and how are we going to parent and how are we going to balance that? So just kind of getting a better understanding. And then also, I also want to preface this with like a lot of the conflict that happens that 69% of the conflict in our, in our marriages is completely unsolvable. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the good news, bad news. Yeah. Why is that? There's some problems that are just innately not, it's part of their personality, right? Like we can't change a person who's just, some people are just messy. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? They just aren't thinking like, oh, I should organize my sock drawer. Like, God <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bless those yeah. that do do that. <laughs> I do. But, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's like we can't change our partner's core personality traits. Mm-hmm. But they shine through in our parenting and in our decision making. And so I think that's probably part of the reason why 69% of the conflict isn't necessarily solvable. But that doesn't mean that we have needs and we can talk about them and we can understand them and we can find some area of compromise, mm-hmm. right? Um, so with this person's situation, I think that just kind of thinking about the value around those things and, you know, when it comes to compromise, you need to come in with the mindset of how do we get to yes? Not how do I get to yes and win, but how do we get to yes? How do we find our common goal in whether that's our bedtime routine or whatever it is that we're conflicting about um and just try it on for size it's not written in stone we can come back and be like well that didn't work okay back to the drawing board it's not a failure it's just okay next right yeah um let me think um i had something else i was gonna say but i forgot (laughs) well i think on this one too i mean just speaking from personal experience I feel like as a mom, I have to come up with all the plans, all the, like, I have to enforce the routines. I have to come up with the menus. And I put that all on myself because, you know, my husband has shown me that if I don't sit there and lay out everything that he has to do for her, it will still get done. It will probably be different than how I do it. But I mean, so I can kind of feel that in a way where, you know, we just put that on ourselves that we feel like we have to be this almost like leader of how everything that the child needs. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, but I know for myself, I have a hard time not taking on all that responsibility, you know? And so I I could see how that would start to feel like I'm just, you know, this hard ass and my husband is just the fun one. And, you know, so and getting resentful about that. Yeah, that's got to be hard. But I think, yeah, I mean, I'm no professional by any means. But just, you know, mm-hmm. my advice would maybe be to try to take some of that responsibility and pressure off of yourself. And it's okay to not, you know, run that tight ship and let somebody else kind of make those decisions. And you can sit back and, you know, laugh and break bedtime or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do to kind of break the rules and have fun. I think that would maybe help me at least. I think one of my favorite moments recently in couples therapy was when, when the mom, she finally was like, and she meant this, like this was her big, like aha light bulb moment. She was like, I need to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. He's never, I'm never going to have trust in him if I'm doing it all. Like I'm, I'm exhausting myself and this is unsustainable and I just need to get out of the way. And as she started to do that, it was like, wow, like it was a big game changer for their, for their relationship to be able to do that. Yeah. I feel like that's a huge, that's huge. Like, I feel like I need to do that a lot of the times. I feel like there's a lot of us who feel that way. That's huge. Well, and a lot of that, it's like, I think 
taking the personal responsibility pieces, when do you find yourself where you feel like you have to be in control? Mm-hmm. And usually it's because something else is going on in your life that feels out of control. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to grab the thing that's right in front of me and that's the lunch menu and that's the whatever it is that I'm trying the bedtime routine or whatever that is like I'm gonna just hyper be in control of this because I'm in, I'm not in control of that thing mm-hmm. so just kind of I guess keeping yourself in check yeah yeah that's I like that a lot well that wraps up our questions um that was a lot of really good advice so thank you so much. I hope everybody listening has notepads that they could be jotting some of this down because that was, those were some good nuggets of information. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Felicia, that I, I mean, I definitely personally took notes, <laughs> which I was <laughs> expecting to do. So, well, yeah, just that was a lot of information that I, I wouldn't have normally like considered. So I, thank you very much for awesome. for all of your expertise. Okay. We wanted to um, kind of round out the episode with just a fun game, which we like to do at the end with our guests. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's just a little would you rather. I try to keep it kind of relationshipy, but it's just kind of like general oh. questions. Bye. They're going to bed late. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's about maybe 10 of them. Ooh. So, would you rather find your true love when you're young, but they die 30 years before you and you never love again, or <laughs> I'm just starting off with a I'm real game. no, no. <laughs> oh, just like an easy little game. <laughs> or find true love at 40, then stay together for the rest of your lives. Oh, that's easy. Find at 40. I mean, I found him at 30. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel too like, far off. <laughs> I feel like this question, like, 40 isn't really that old, people. Like, yeah. This is probably, like, a 20-year-old who wrote this question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of prefer that I found my person later because I kind of got all of, like, the bullshit out of the way. Like... Yeah. I made like I made all of my mistakes and I was wild and got it out of my system. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. I agree with that one too. Yeah. Yep. Same. 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 I. Yeah. I can't imagine like the dying early thing. No thanks. No. No thanks. No. no. That's just like the saddest question. So I think yeah. that's not so bad. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be more attractive than your partner? Or have your partner be more attractive than you? Oh my god, this is so narcissistic, but I'd rather be more attractive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think totally. so too, less competition. Yeah, I think right? for like, the sake of jealousy and stuff, yeah. like, I'd want to be, you know. And so people were like, oh, how'd she get him? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sorry. You never feel good enough, yeah. Yeah. Well, then, and I can just, like, feel good and, like, and, yeah, yeah, I like it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I do, too. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Would you rather stay in or go out for date night? In. 
In? Megan? Um, I, I like the idea of going out, but then usually we're ready to be in. So, yeah. yeah. I gotta say out. I just really enjoy not being in my own house. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> to be able to go, like, literally anywhere is amazing. I'm like, <laughs> let's get dressed up in, like, because we have a few days a month that both kids are in school. And it's just the two of us. And usually we're so overwhelmed at that concept that we're like, what are we even going to do? Let's go to Home Depot. (laughs) But if it's just the two of us, we still end up having a lot of fun and just, it's just so much more relaxing. So I like to go out. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather spend $5,000 on traveling or on a physical item, such as like a TV or something like that? Oh, traveling, hands down. Traveling? Yeah, traveling. Yeah, same. Memories. Yeah. Like, that'd be a big-ass TV for $5,000. Yeah. You're on personal movie. Well, maybe a movie theater. That'd well. be cool. That would be kind of cool. You'd get and then you wouldn't theater. go out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We do. Um, we try to actually do, like for like anniversaries and Christmas and everything like experiences over physical gifts in yeah. general so like that yeah yep okay um would you rather lose all your valuables or lose all the pictures you've ever taken oh my god <laughs> I guess lose all my valuables. Yeah. yeah. They're replaceable. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't own anything that valuable. Yeah. <laughs> but pictures. Like, yeah, I can't even all the pictures you've ever taken. No. Yeah. Like, baby, no. I've actually had, like, I've been laying in bed and I'm like, okay, if there's a fire, I'll <laughs> grab my, before Nora, but now obviously, so I'd grab Nora, my animals, and my laptop with all my photos on it. Yes. Like, okay. I've made a plan. Like, this is what I'll grab. I know exactly where all my photos are, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Super smart. Same, okay. Same. Mm-hmm. All right. This one is my favorite <laughs> because I feel like <laughs> we're all like this level of creepy kind of. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather go to jail for four years for something you didn't do or. Get away with something horrible, but live the rest of your life in fear of being caught. Ooh. I don't want to do something terrible. <laughs> yeah, I will live with the guilt. I will live oh, yeah. with fear. Totally. It like, gives you that adrenaline rush every day. <laughs> <laughs> like you're driving and like a cop pulls up and you're like, today's the day. Yep. <laughs> I already feel that way when I'm driving a cop pulls up and I've never oh. done anything wrong. I would go to right? jail. I would go to jail. I would do it. I would do it. And, you know, doing something wrong is a little subjective. I'm sure I'd have my reasons. Yeah, right? Yeah, Mickey could justify it for you. (laughs) I'll help you dispose of the body, okay? And I will live in that fear with you for the rest of our lives. And we'll send Megan to jail for it, even though she wasn't involved. It's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. It's perfect. (laughs) 
Oh, man. You know that's on my bucket list. I want to find a dead body. Like, Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I just don't want to be the one to kill it. Well, no, no, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) I have this, like, dream of, like, being in, like, a Lifetime movie where someone's playing me. And, like, they're like, oh, you know. Bellingham resident found the body that cracked the open to this big serial killer case. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could get down with that. We got to start hiking more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come down here. Capital Forest. They do find dead bodies there. Oh, oh my God. There was a whole Criminal Minds episode about it. Oh, really? Hmm? Ooh, I got to look it up. I'm on it. Yep. <laughs> okay, crazy. Okay. <laughs> Um, would you rather die in 20 years with no regrets or die in 50 years with regrets? I'm like doing math in my head. (laughs) (laughs) In 50 years, I would be like 90 years old. Regrets, though. I don't want regrets. I'll go without the regrets. No regrets? Long life. Megan? I I would rather die a laser and have regrets. Have the regrets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to live. Same. Same. I am obsessed with avoiding death at all costs. So yeah. I, I feel like regrets are just kind of a natural part of yeah. existence. You know, like I've led a relatively mild life and I still have some regrets. So if that means I get to live for longer, bring it on. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. Okay. Would you rather be transported permanently 500 years in the future or 500 years in the past? Oh, geez. Future. Future? Mm Mm-hmm. I put, I put a lot of thought into this because I was like, okay, well, what's our, like, global state? Where's oh, the cool. earth going to be in 500 years? But where were we 500 years ago, which I'm not good I at math. Survive. I would not survive 500 years ago. <laughs> I don't think so either. No, me neither, probably. I think future. Because we probably, you'd hope, would have a lot of problems figured out by then. Right, and I would hope that we'd have the technology to at least be, like, on the moon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if Earth is gone, I mean, maybe we could just have moved somewhere. Yeah. I'm banking on that. (laughs) Or you, like, show up 500 years in the future and you're, like, the only person because everyone else is dead and start (laughs) over. Like, who knows? There you go. That's a really positive outlook on that. that. There you go. I'm always the beam of sunshine. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, yeah, you'd have to find somebody else, but yeah, yeah. otherwise, that'd okay. be a lonely, lonely existence. Yeah. Okay, two more. Okay, would you rather be unable to use search engines or unable to use social media? Oh, eek. Ooh. <laughs> it's a tough one. Unable to use search engines. <gasps> really? Ooh. Someone else to look it up for me. 
Loopholes. Yeah. I see the library card. I know how to use it. I say social media. I just the other day was like, what do people do before Google? I have no idea. I can't remember a time before Google. Yeah. And I'm a really big, now I'm spoiled and I'm a big know-it-all and I just have to Google everything and I never believe anything anyone says to me unless I Google it. (laughs) It's like the way I finish all arguments with my husband. Like, well, I'm going to Google it. And I'm like, I consider myself an expert Googler because there are- So it's like, it's bullshit until it's Googled. Right. And there's like a specific way that you need to ask certain questions. And if you don't know how to ask it, it's, you know- you're not going to get the answers. So Google and I. I know that was a right and wrong way to Google. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to be really specific if you want to get the answers, like, quickly. That and IMDB, which I consider a search engine because for actors and actresses oh. and movies. I can't watch anything without looking that up because I need I to know. How do I know that girl? What have I seen her in? Oh, episode 24 of Law & Order SBU in 2001. Oh, okay. Now I can live my life. <laughs> it's horrible. So bad. Okay, last one. Okay, would you rather give up bathing for a month or give up the internet for a month? Internet for a month. Yeah. <laughs> really? Wait, really? I like I use the internet a lot for work. It's like oh, yeah. how I do my job. Take um, a vacation. You have a month sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I could take a month long vacation. Okay, internet. No, I mean, if you don't want to take a bath, no one's making you. I feel like you can get around it, like some baby wipes or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I also give up the internet. I can't go like a day without taking a shower. So I'm not doing that. The internet, I feel like giving up the internet and the social media for the other question would be like nothing but positive for my life. <laughs> like, oh, I right. It would be good for me. Yeah. Yep. Clean, but clear headed. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all the questions that I had. Thank you for playing along with us, Felicia. That was fun and dark and weird, just as expected with all of us. But hopefully a lot of fun for everybody. It was a journey. <laughs> yeah, it was a journey. Sure. Exactly. Before we let before we let you go, we wanted to we have a little segment called Hot Mess Mom. Oh sh- and so we wanted to see if you had a hot mess mom moment that you wanted to share with our listeners. Yes, I do. <laughs> Yay! We all do. We and yeah, we go there. So okay, I might have shared this with you before um, on social media. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my biggest hot mess moment was um, my biggest fear. Um, came to life when I got the dreaded call, um, your child has lice. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> I, my, my stomach, like, this was, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I lost my mind. Like, I remember, like, legit being at Rite Aid and, like, 
grabbing all of the things and not knowing what to buy while I'm simultaneously calling my husband freaking out and tr- and calling my work to let them know that I wasn't going to come in um, and also trying to find the lice clinic. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and just like throw money at the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was I was I was a hot mess for weeks. Like I legit my doctor prescribed me an anti-anxiety medication after that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I wasn't I wasn't sleeping. Like even though I so my daughter got treated, they checked my head and they're like, You don't have it. And I'm like, check again. <laughs> Did you go to the lice clinic? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And they checked it again, and they're like, honey, you don't have anything. And I'm like, bullshit, we sleep in the same bed. Like, yeah. like <laughs> so I, know I, made them, I, I made them treat me anyway. Oh, my gosh. And then I get home, and I'm like, I do what they did and more. Like, I was just neurotic and just – and then I called back in two days, and I was like, I think I have it. And I went <laughs> back, and I had them check me again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a woman after my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) And so now what I do is I sell like little lice prevention bottles that I make out of essential oils. (laughs) And I post them at the Blaine like school district as you're itchy. I know. I'm like, oh, it's so itchy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm all about prevention now. Like I spray my daughter's hair every day, her backpack, her car seat, her shoulders she has a leather necklace and you'll probably see this in all of her pictures now and I douse it with peppermint oil (laughs) she has tight braids at school like all the time and she gets in big trouble if she takes them out (laughs) like I am neurotic (laughs) there you go yeah no that's okay we okay the lice thing we've talked about because that was a thing. I found lice again, like a couple weeks later, just like two oh, live ones, on <gasps> but but nothing else. Okay. So it only takes two to make an egg. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know. I don't even know if you need to. I don't know how they make what. I called the nurse because I because I was like, okay, I've shampooed this girl's head like three times because you do it and then you wait seven days and do it and yeah. then I did it again and I was like and and if it's not going away like what is even happening right now and I'm losing my mind I can only do so much laundry people so <laughs> the nurse suggested um it's called like the Nuvo treatment and you take Cetaphil like face wash which I happen to already have it's like the super gentle face yeah. wash yeah. um you just like slather her head in it like scalp to tips let it soak and then you comb it out don't rinse it you comb all as much of the soap out as you can let it sit for eight hours so she went to bed with like this like soap stuff in her head but not super soapy you know and then sit out the next day and I've been checking her head literally every single day because oh. every time she scratches, freaks me out and nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it finally like got rid of everything, hopefully. But I still check her every day because it's like. Oh, oh, from here on out, once a week after her bath, I take the that metal comb and I just p- put it through her hair just in case, just yeah. in case. And I do it to myself after a shower once a week. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So we just happen to have like dry scalps right now in the winter. All of us are like kind of dandruffy. So I'm just on like <laughs> mega high alert. I'm like, what is that? What is that? Is it moving? Same. Like, what is happening? I literally will be at a red light looking in the mirror going. <laughs> <laughs> like people are probably like what <laughs> yeah yep so I get it no judgment here smart of you making the spray yeah that's, yeah, that's a good really idea, good idea. prevention yeah. well I mean that that's leaving us with some really romantic Valentine's Day vibes <laughs> check your head and kiss your husbands for six seconds <laughs> take away from the podcast <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, thank right. you. Well, thank you for this opportunity. It's super fun. Yeah, this was so fun, and I I love all of your advice, and I'm sure that you're gonna help a lot of people who are listening who have these questions or might not even know that they had some of these questions. You know, I think it's really important to change your perspective and just kind of you know learn this kind of stuff about yourself and your relationship. So where can people, if people wanted to talk more with you, where could they find you? Um, well, it's not hard <laughs> with the good old Facebook. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just look me up on Facebook. Um, definitely be happy to just answer questions in general. Um, if people just wanted to message me personally, um, they can find me on Instagram, Mom. They could find me on Snapchat, (laughs) Cupcake Mama. (laughs) Um, But right now, like, if they're wanting, like, couples therapy, um, kind of a plug. So I work for the tribe, but I'm there, like, four days a week, and I only work with tribal members. Um, So if they're local and they're tribal members, then they can totally get into Lummi Behavioral Health and see me. Um, but on Fridays, my days off, I'm working on some private practice and getting awesome. that started. So I might find it, I might have an office up in Blaine with, um, two massage therapists, an acupuncturist and an esthetician, and I'm going to be joining their team as a couples therapist. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. So, but I'm still, it's still in the works. It's yeah. still like, we're about 80% sure, um, there's a lot of moving parts. I have a plan B in case that falls through. So um, that will be in the works. The hardest thing is coming up with a company name. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. throw a poll in the Facebook group. Yes. <laughs> you want some opinions. I would love anything. Yes. Any ideas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Okay. So reach out to Felicia on Facebook or Instagram and stay tuned to... Yeah you know, hear about what's coming up next for her. And thank you guys all again for listening. I hope everybody has a wonderful Valentine's Day. In the meantime, you can join our Boss Ladies and Babies Facebook group if you haven't yet. Follow us on social at Boss Ladies and Babies. Um, You can follow along on my mom blog Instagram um, at Fixer Ups and Sippy Cups or my embroidery creations at Piper's Designs and Embroidery on Instagram. And you can follow my real estate journeys at Keeping It Real Estate 360 on Instagram. And please don't forget to rate and review this episode. If you liked it, share it with your friends. We love that you guys 
tune into us once a week and we would love to get the word out there. So everybody, happy Valentine's Day and have a good one. Awesome. See you next week. Don't forget your six second kiss. <laughs> <laughs> bye. 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 bye.